Welcome to the episode. We are on the journey of the future of people initiatives. Today, we're going to take on a pretty interesting question. Should marketing function become a critical partner and enabler of HR? And we have an amazing human with us, Esther, the CMO of Rike, W-R-I-K-E. Pretty awesome, powerful work management platform. You guys should check it out. But before we do, as I, as with every episode, I'm going to give a little context before we get started. Um, this is a journey. These are not isolated episodes. So about seven months ago, time flies when you're having fun, we started this journey the future, to answer the question, what is the future of people initiatives? And uh, we spoke to folks in HR, people analytics, change management, L&D. And it was about December, January, we met two really interesting folks. One is David, head of talent at Spirit Airlines, and uh, Beverly, the head of HR from PayPal. And both of them said, Adam, we got to meet the pressure to consumerize consumerize the employee experience, consumerize HR products, reorient around the user, not the organization. And um, I began to ask, you know, who knows the most about consumerization inside organizations? And um, the thesis was the CMO knows quite a bit. We sent out 900 emails, received various responses, ranging from a Fortune 500 CMOs team said, we're not aligned to having this conversation today. But then we met some CMOs who said, absolutely, Let's have a conversation. So Esther, welcome to the conversation. I'm anxiously looking forward to your feedback. So welcome. Thanks, Adam. Glad to be here. And I'm just going to dive right into it. There's something you said. You said, I have a stake and input, right? The more I think about the CMO role, the more I, I just common sense, they're part of the team. So what did you mean by it? How do you view your stake and your role at the highest level? Just to introduce your point of view. Sure, absolutely. Um, and I've been in marketing for um, over 20 years at a lot of high growth companies. Um, and I've always been a firm believer that marketing should be a culture bearer uh, within an organization, both internally and externally. Uh, and so, you know, as I think about the role of marketing, specifically within an organization, you know, I really structure my teams to focus on kind of three areas um, as we build out the marketing mm -hmm. strategy for an organization. And I actually think there's a lot of synergy and shared learnings that can happen really between an HR or a people organization, as well as a marketing organization. And so the three pillars of how I usually build out my marketing strategy, one is build at the foundation, which is we need to have a really clear understanding of who are we targeting, the operational aspects of getting getting really data driven uh, to make sure that we can bring our message, our solutions to the right people uh, at the right time. So one is the build the foundation. Two is around telling the story, making sure mm -hmm. that we have an understanding of how do we position ourselves externally? How do we have a unified message internally? Uh, how do people know what we do as an organization, as a product, as a solution? And it's really important that you have a very clear, concise, and high-impact message out in the market. Uh, it's the only way that people are going to understand who are you and why should I care. Uh, and then the third is around really, again, understanding that customer profile. Who are the markets that you should be going after? And then how do you how do you actually dominate that market? How do you actually bring your solutions, your message to the right people at the right time so they understand, again, why should I care and why should I buy? And I think that those, those actually 
resonate really well in conjunction to internal employee experience and employee enablement. Uh, I think those are actually things that HR can benefit greatly from, uh, both if you have a really strong marketing structure, but also if they follow the similar path of build the foundation, have a really clear understanding of the data-driven aspects behind HR processes around how do you engage with employees at what stage in their employee life cycle mm -hmm. and how do you how do you deliver the right messages and the communications and the right things that they should know and they should be trained on um, how do you get you know get the really the operational infrastructure in place to the telling the story again how do you ensure that you have a very unified message in terms of who you are as a company what we're focused on how we're driving the business forward and then again, that market domination in a sense of understanding who 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 are your ideal customer profiles, who are your profiles within your internal or external audience, and then how do you make sure that you're delivering that right message at the right time to each of those employees? Um, and I just I feel like there's so much linkage between the employee experience and the customer so experience. Much. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm a huge advocate of, of HR and marketing working hand in hand as strategic partners. You know, when you said when you some of those points you mentioned in our first conversation kind of blew my mind, you know, common sense is in common action like this makes sense. Even let's start with the idea of a unified message. Right. Mm -hmm. Most organizations do not have a unified message. Most organizations have a almost like a, a wall between the external and the internal. So when, inter mm -hmm. when a new website or a new marketing uh, uh, campaign is launched, right, they may see it for the first time when they're watching Super Bowl. Look at that. That's my company. Right? How cool is that? Well, I, I, I didn't know that was coming. Right? I, I didn't know that this is where we stood on these topics. And uh, also there's this question of kind of you, you mentioned culture. I want to double click on culture, right? You what, t tell me more about how do you view marketing, right? The CMO's role in internally in culture, because culture, uh, there's a case to be made from CEO to CHRO to, in some cases, chief people officer. I'm talking to. In some cases, they say it's the manager, right? It's your your direct leader. How do you view your role in culture? Yeah, like I said, I think marketing should be some of the the absolute culture bearers of an organization. And the way that I think about culture is first, there needs to be a level of purpose for, for mm -hmm. companies, right? And for employees within companies. Um, because culture is not just happy hours and fun social activities and a lot of company swag, uh, right? And a lot of people actually do think that that is culture. Mm -hmm. And when they think mm -hmm. about culture types of initiatives, it's, well, let's do a fun happy hour every month. <laughs> And that's not that's not culture, right? Mm -hmm. Culture starts with purpose of why are we here as an organization? What is our company mission? But also, what is the buy-in of each employee as in terms of what each of our employees are doing to continue that mission, right? And is that do do each of our employees have a sense of purpose of what we're doing? how we're making an impact in the organization, how we're making an impact outside of the organization and around the world. Um, and so I think it does start with that employee mission and purpose. And again, if people don't know that, if people don't know what the mission is or what their place is in an organization, it makes it much harder to honestly have true culture within an organization. 
And so again, I feel like marketing can be a huge proponent of that in terms of how do we communicate that mission internally and externally? How do we create that repeatability so that it's it is absolutely in the minds and mm-hmm. the hearts, not only of every, you know, customer and every prospect, but also in every employee so that there is that unified understanding of here's what we're set out to do. Here's why my job is so important every single day that I come to work. Here's how I contribute. So the, that's some of how I think about culture. And then obviously there is the fun aspect and there is the, you know, commonality aspect of, of people working together and enjoying what they do and feeling like they're working towards, you know, together towards a common goal. Um, and that does bring then into, you know, what a lot of companies have as like, OKRs or strategic initiatives or goals, corporate goals, again, of what are we all working towards and how do we make sure that there's not completely different priorities, you know, across departments that make everyone's job a lot harder to do, Mm -hmm. right? And so you do want to make sure that you have a unity in terms of not just we all are working towards obviously a larger, higher level mission, but also we have the tools, we have the understanding, we have the goals that are all in lockstep with everyone else in the organization. And we have a f- true understanding of what it is that we're trying to accomplish this month, this quarter, this year. Um, and so again, I think that there's a lot that marketing has um, as part of being a strategic driver of an organization. It's one reason why I'm in marketing is because I don't believe that marketing is just one part of, you know, well, we just do brand or we just do revenue, you know, leads and pipeline generation. I actually believe that we should be in lockstep as a strategic partner with every single department, every single part of the business working in conjunction together again to see, um, to achieve our business goals. Um, and, and a lot of that does have to do with, again, how are we keeping employees in, you know, it, not only accountable, but in, mm-hmm. in the same level of priority and um, visibility around all of the things that are happening. And a lot of that does revolve around communication mm-hmm. and, you know, goal setting and, and all of those things. So again, I think marketing can be a big, big driver of, of each of those functions. Yeah. And you said same level of priority. Love that. You know, how do we, do we care about our employees as much as our customers? Right. And if we do, what is our effort to communicate with them that's that's relevant, that's timely? Uh, but I do want to just check in on the guardrail, like on a, on a little pressure point. Like some folks mm-hmm. believe the CMO, you know, just stay in your swim lane. Or the CMO themselves says, I'm going to stay in my swim lane. It's easier that way because once you move from CX to any EX, you're in a different waters in most mm-hmm. organizations for, you know, in, in, to some extent. Others believe, should the CMO own the consumerization of the employee experience. And I don't mean the employee experience itself. Not, the CMOs are not making the case to say we're going to get into compliance and benefits and, and compensation. No, no, no. They're saying specifically consumerization. And, and I really liked your point of view because I think you were pragmatic to say, well, look, as a CMO, I've got a lot of response. You know, I have responsibilities. Yep. So maybe give give the audience just a sense of that guardrail as yep. you see it. Where's the right place? And maybe even short term, or do you think it's going to change in the long term? Like, let's have your view before we jump in into more of what can we learn from CX to bring to X. Agreed. Yeah. And and I, I like the idea of guardrails. And, and part of it is because 
we can't own, you know, one person can't own everything necessarily. Um, and a CMO, if you think about the level of prioritization for a chief marketing officer, it really does have to revolve, number one, around revenue growth. Um, and, and it's something that a lot of marketers right now are feeling that squeeze, that pressure, which is cut budget, cut resources, focus and prioritize. And for the most part, it has to be around how do you, how does marketing drive revenue for the business and business growth? Mm -hmm. And that is first and foremost. And so when you think about kind of all of the other things uh, with limited time, limited resources and budget, that has to be kind of central in terms of how do we continue to drive business growth? I would say the employee experience is a huge driver of business growth, right? And so I think, you know, as you think through what does that look like in terms of what is the purview for marketing? How do we continue to drive business growth? What is the most important, you know, uncuttable type of, you know, budget item um, as well as level of level of strategy? Let's continue to drive the leads, the pipeline, the programs, the campaigns that continue mm -hmm. to directly affect sales and directly affect uh, revenue growth. Beyond that, right, again, and it, I would think of it in terms of kind of our overall, um, my, my three kind of pillars mm -hmm. of marketing, which is the last one is really, you know, bringing your solution to the market to drive revenue. That should be first and foremost. But then ancillary to that and making sure that that's also part of it is that telling the story. You have to have awareness. People have to know who you are and understand, you know, kind of why are why should I care in order for them to actually then go to, you know, a buyer centric mode and then actually start to purchase. Um, and then beyond that, you do need the operating infrastructure to be able to appropriately make the right decisions and be able to point in the right direction. So you really do need all three. And I would say that employee experience, making sure your front lines are enabled with the story, with the go-to-market approach, with making sure that they understand how do we sell, where do we go, how do we, what kinds of tools can we utilize, but not just at the sales level and the front line level, making sure that your recruiters in HR also can communicate the appropriate message of, again, why is your company important? Because we have to hire and retain top talent, but also from a legal standpoint, also from a product development standpoint, right? From a customer experience and customer support standpoint. Again, everyone understanding, here's what our company does. Here's why it's important. Here's how you contribute to the larger picture. Those are all really, really important. Um, and I think Marketing doesn't necessarily need to be the main driver, right, or the mm -hmm. only driver. We can be a strategic partner to mm -hmm. HR or someone who maybe this is their first, you know, first and most important priority is how do we continue to attract, retain, right, develop our top talent. Mm -hmm. You know, if that's their purview, marketing can come in as a strategic partner to say, hey, let's let's work together to get that, um, to get to move that forward um, while keeping for marketing our highest priority, which is revenue growth in mind. Mm -hmm. And it's not one or the other. I think it has to be a joint approach and it has to be um, something that you can't just put to the back burner hoping someone else will take care of it. 
it is something that I think marketers should be actively contributing and participating in um, and partnering with their HR counterpart to do that. Love it. And, and, and I think the way you just talked about the consumerization of the employee experience, it, it, we need to think about specific elements of it, whether it's recruiting, mm-hmm. onboarding, yeah. learning yeah. and development, performance management. It's really kind of thinking about the cost, the way we used to think about the still do, but we are much more developed in the way we approach onboarding of a customer to meeting them where they are and looking at their experiences. Did they log in? Did they not? Did they try certain features? Oh my mm-hmm. goodness, we're super scientific and, and very prescriptive. How do we do the same things for the employee experience? And then also you mentioned data-driven and tell me if you agree with this. We briefly mentioned this before. I've been pushing myself to simplify how to approach consumerization of the employee experience, just pushing, 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 because everything's so complex. It feels like I'm, I'm getting lost in, in so much possibility. And then I came down to data nudge. Like on the data side, we need to understand their experience and understanding experience today is looking at data, unifying data, data from various sources. And why a nudge is because, and and you know I've been in a nudge world for, for many years, but it's because getting through the noise we're just so busy. We're not going to read a long PDF, especially the new generations. I'm not going to derail us into that discussion. We're not going to watch a long video. All we have an opportunity yeah. to do in a very similar way as we do with customers. Esther, do, do you agree? Do you see the same way? Is there a modification you would ma- make to this? Yeah, no, I think it's hugely important that we're considering the amount of of kind of I guess, stress and just pressure that obviously we're putting on all of our employees and our workforce to have to navigate multiple systems, multiple tools, uh, you know, multiple types of consumption in terms of uh, education and training for compliance, but also, you know, to do their job effectively. Uh, at Reich, we've actually done a study um, called that we call the dark matter of work, where just like dark matter in the universe, where 95% of matter out there is, is um, invisible. We only know 5% of what's out there. It's the same in terms of work. Um, where there is just a lot of invisibility of what's actually happening in terms of work. And and one of the stats that we've actually seen is 70% of employees are feeling that stress of having to juggle multiple tasks, multiple systems, multiple applications, having to learn all of these tools, while also, again, having to consume you know, what is it that we're doing? What do I need to do to be successful in my role? How do I learn the product? How do I learn how to sell? You know, all of these things for their individual tasks. And, you know, to your point, I think that we need to do a better job. And, and as marketers, we think all the time about the buyer's journey or the customer journey. What, Where are they in their phase of even being a customer? Are they learning the tools? Are they learning the solution? Or have they fully implemented it? And they're, you know, looking to expand or they're looking to continue to um, build out more and get more sophisticated in their usage. We should be looking at it in the same way from an employee lifecycle standpoint of where are they in their journey? Are they are they brand new onboarding? They're learning all new things. Um, or have they been here a little bit, but maybe they're in a different type of role. Maybe they need to add additional skill sets to continue their career progression and development. And then, you know, in terms of that consumerization, I think we rely on the same types of tools every single time to to talk at employees in a sense. Totally. Uh, 
here's an all hands, here's a training, you have to do a course that's maybe a little bit interactive where we ask you some questions just to make sure you're paying attention. Um, and that's not how, as we, we as consumers know, that's not how consumers at all, you know, uh, digest information or even, you know, make decisions in terms of uh, doing research. Um, or learn a new skill set. Everyone is using these bite size, you know, videos and they're utilizing, you know, trusted, trusted types of influencers, influencers or people that they trust to do their levels of market research or to understand something new or to learn a new skill set. Like so many people are going to YouTube to learn how to do something, whether that's like how to fix something in their house or actually how to how to be a better, you know, uh, employee or, or, you know, learn a new skill set like social media or whatnot. They're learning from their peers and they're learning from uh, video oftentimes. And it's bite sized video piece, video um, forms of content. And we're not doing that as an, as an internally within businesses when we when we're looking at training and developing and even just you know, uh, providing more information to our employees. It's always a kind of one-sided kind of conversation, which is unfortunate. Totally. And, and, and that's the opportunity. I, I think the challenges, um, you know, around the employee experience and our desire to create more productivity. And, and also, yes. the, if you think about where we've been from an engagement or disengagement standpoint for so many years as a world, like as a state of the world, it hasn't really improved. Billions of dollars have been spent. All kinds of technologies have been created. I, 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 I would be curious to know how many videos are sitting dormant in LMSs Absolutely. and other platforms that have been created. And now you go and you put to your point on YouTube. I was picking a monitor this weekend and I was like, do I get the iMac? Do I get the, the, the studio? And then I'm like, ah, I'm going to check out a video. And one of my measurements of which video I'm going to choose was the duration of the video. I was like, oh, five, seven minutes. I can't commit to that. I'm looking for something that's two to three. Just get me straight to it, but give yep. me a video as opposed to a piece of content. Um, so so where I'd like to go next is uh, really just to think about the HR department, the team, what will they need, right? Because we're, if we're talking about data to nudge, that, that's, a, that's not a small change for them. This, this is a, they're, they're in the business of, okay, we've got L&D, and I've spoke to a lot of brilliant people in the world of L&D, by the way amazing people that enter their world because they believe in human potential, because they want to further the human potential. But they're all realizing the same thing we're discussing now. They're also consumers of content and they're saying, hold up, we, we got to do something different. So mm -hmm. how does, how does it, do, do you see a world where an HR team kind of has a, a marketing-like team where there's data folks, there's analytics, there's nudges? And then if, if yes, you mentioned data-driven, I think Almost everyone in HR says, and they are data-driven, but the kind of data they're looking at is not the kind of data you're looking at. You, you, you would go beyond. You would say, how many impressions did you receive? How yep. many call to actions? Like how many view? Like there's so many more data points that you as a marketer look at that they would probably at this point just kind of scratch their head and go, wait a second, is this where, should we, where we should be allocating our time? So what does the HR world look like to, to learn from uh, the world of customer experience? It's, it's a great question and I, I love it because I agree, this is where marketers live and breathe, right? We have to be hugely data oriented in order to actually understand 
again, what stage is your buyer or your customer at? What's the profile? What are, what are the other channels that they're looking at and reading? Uh, you know, what's the demographic and how do they consume information and content? And then how do I find, you know, how do I find the channels, the content, the strategy to get in front of them, get their attention when it's a hugely saturated environment, disrupt them where they are, and then feed them content that's immediately going to capture their attention, but resonate with them in terms of what's their pain. That was top of mind. And then not only that, get them to a place where they need to look for a solution like yours. Hey, I get your pain point. This is top of mind. This keeps you up at night. We're the solution, right? You need a solution and then we're the solution and then you need this solution right now. And then actually mapping all of that, all of those touch points across different channels, across their journey, and actually mapping it to did we actually get you to purchase, right? Which is the end goal, not just all of these touches and we got the eyeballs, right? We got the visit, we got the click, but no, we need to actually get it to purchase and then repurchase, right? And then continued purchase um, to get to lifetime value. And and then we have to map it back to spend and channel optimization. I mean, it's just, it is such a sophisticated game but it's something that we live and breathe. And I absolutely think how effective could HR organizations be if they had the same mentality when it came to, again, attracting, retaining, developing our employee base and the top talent, because thinking through it in a way of, obviously you could start with life cycle. That's the easiest where, easiest place to start of you have a brand new hire or you have someone who's been here and maybe they're starting a new role or they're developing or they're going into a manager level position and they're going to start to manage people. But what does that look like in terms of life cycle? Um, I think there's segmentation that needs to happen, not just in terms of role-based type of training of, you know, this is a skill set you need for a salesperson versus an accounting person, um, but actually getting into segmentation of, you know, geo-specific, right? Of like, there are different different um, aspects of your role based off of where you are, uh, which region you're in, but also based off performance, right? So really looking at like, who is your top talent? Who are your A players that you absolutely need to invest in to continue to retain them and engage them and develop them and move them up and through the organization? or even looking at how do we get some of our low performers, right? Is this something where we're not setting them up for success and we can maybe get more out of these employees, especially when productivity is the name of the game right now of we have a ton, probably the majority of our workforce and our, our employee base, they're not that engaged. They're not doing A-level efforts, right? It's like they're not putting above and beyond level efforts. They're just coasting um, and they're just waiting to kind of be told what to do. How do you get more out of that workforce? How do you get them engaged? How do you get them developing? How do you showcase to them that you're investing in them and that it's worthwhile for them to stay at the company and continue to lean in and continue to grow because we have a whole career path for you, right? Like really thinking through that employee base and then putting in the programs based off of um you know the what what you see what's kind of the next thing that you want to do not just eyeballs not just i'm checking the box because i have to do this you know training and i'm gonna do the bare minimum and i'm just gonna watch something else while it plays and then i'll answer some exactly. questions right how do you get past that check the box mentality and then get it to a place where oh no 
they want to be invested um, in this learning and development because there's incentive, because there's a goal at the end of it where, you know, for marketing, it's a purchase. And for, for this person, maybe it's a promotion, right? Maybe it's, it's how do we get them to the next um, area and what's in it for them, right? And so I, I just think there's so much goodness in really being data-driven and then actually creating programs that can scale uh, so that you're not having to do a lot of one-offs, but that they're broader-based programs that you can segment your employee base and get them into top-tier talent um, that, that you can continue to grow and develop. It is so refreshing to have this conversation with a marketing <laughs> pro who's looking at the challenges of EX and applying the same logic, and you said the words mindset. we got to bring the mindset. So, so walk with me here for, for this example. You know, we, the CHRO or the chief people officer, someone in charge of the employee experience sits down and says, we have a goal. Let's say the goal is on the learning and development side because they are seeing a, a gap a skill gap in their organization, okay? Then the next question I think often is asked, you know, the, the, the role of the manager in the, in the employee experience. I mean, that's the, when we think about the population, we think about segments, managers are a critical part of the journey of anyone within the organization. So the way that I've been thinking about it is like, okay, they bring you into a room and they say, okay, we, we have this many managers, you know, 500, 1,000 managers, and our goal is, is to promote the, the learning and development, the upskill, we want to accelerate upskilling. How we're going to do that is we'd like our managers to have more conversations with their teams to encourage it, to encourage it, to, to share that they care about this and maybe there are incentives in place. It seems like then we talk about touch points. We almost want promotions. Like, do you want to learn more? And then anyone who clicks who's curious. Now, hey, there's a baby, you know, like a little micro step involved. There's another micro step. And we are leading them down this journey as opposed to an announcement. And the email gets deleted or a 30-minute conversation. And they forget about it because there's so many, a million things going on. How do we then think about that as a funnel toward a specific call to action? which will be someone starting that learning and development journey and graduating from it. Am I, am I going too far out or does this make sense? Does it resonate? No, I think it, it makes sense, right? Because again, just like you're thinking through in terms of journeys of employee, customer, prospect, you are trying to get them to the next stage. Um, you know, what is the next stage in terms of their level of maturity or sophistication or, uh, you know, you know, really mastering a skill set, getting to the next, you know, up leveling of their career. Uh, you know, I think that is how we should be thinking through partially because that is, you know, it does put you in the employee's mindset, which is what is it, what's in it for them. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, again, too often it's this top down, I'm talking at you, I just need you to do this training so I can totally. check the box and be client or get you, you know, past your onboarding or past your boot camp, and so that we can just get to productivity and we can just get to results. Um, and again, I think you need to flip it just like marketing. We're always thinking about our buyers and our customers of you have to put yourself in that in that customer's shoes or else they're not going to get why would they click? Why would they why would they engage? It's this exact same thing with an employee um, and really thinking about okay, if you're segmenting your employee base, what, who are the ones that are ready for a manager? That is their next step, is either a career up-leveling or it's a people management type of skill set. Why, you know, and I think that you do need to kind of segment your employee base because some people just, 
they might not want that, right? Maybe they mm -hmm. don't ever want to be a people manager. Totally. Um, or maybe they're fine kind of at that same skill set and, and really understanding, okay, well, then what motivates them, right? Is it um, if it's not uh, internal promotions and if it's not up leveling, what do, maybe it's the work life balance, maybe it's, you know, uh, you know, their paycheck and, you know, whatever that is, but actually starting to understand what is it that motivates your employees? How do you continue to showcase, you know, growth for them? Because there is a level of growth, even if it's not a promotional, it could be lateral, it could be just a net new skill that they're really interested in, right? Um, those kinds of things, what are those things that actually motivate them? And how do you create the programs to get them to that, that next level? Awesome, awesome. Where, where I want to take us back to, I think it was there 15, 20 minutes ago, and, and then as I think about it, if I was listening, whether it's on the, you know, the HR side or the marketing side, I think the question that if it's not the CMO who's running these campaigns, which is what we're saying, it's, we're not, you're not going to run them. You are an advisor. You are a stakeholder. You're there to support it because you your eyes on the prize here, but you're a, a deep partner. So mm -hmm. are we saying? that the CHRO or Chief People Officer, that they're going to go out and hire marketers? Do we think there's a world in which uh, employee experience leaders are now bringing in marketing professionals inside their organization? Or are we saying that the marketing organization is doing more training, more knowledge sharing, more like here are best practices, or perhaps lending, lending some of their team members some resources? How would you approach the what I think is a humongous a gap in skill in HR to do the kind of things we're talking about from a practical perspective. It's, it's huge. Yeah. Yeah. And also it's baby steps, right? Because you can't boil the ocean. You can't assume that you're going to create this, you know, <laughs> perfectly totally. well-oiled machine overnight. I think it could be a combination of both, obviously, depending on, uh, you know, the level of priority, the level of resources and, and, and kind of how important this is for an organization to start the, down the path. Um, I think absolutely marketing could start as advisors um, and, and they should anyway, right? As a, mm -hmm. as a chief marketing officer, I care very much about the, the again, attracting, retaining, and developing my team totally. uh, and, and ensuring that that the marketing team that I have is is fully motivated uh, to continue to, to drive um, towards results. And so this is important for any stakeholder, um, but also at the same time, being able to advise on, you know, just some knowledge sharing of here's how we built out some of our infrastructure. Here's how I think it could relate to employees. Um, I do think that there could be some level of hiring um, almost like a hybrid type of role of someone who might have a little bit of that marketing mindset, but also some of the people, the people oriented aspects, again, depending on what the resources are that you have, but maybe even hiring just operational HR operations types of people who can start to at least build some of the infrastructure around, you know, segmentation around what that looks like. And then looking at your learning and development teams and bringing on some of the capabilities around. I, I know that there's a lot of, you know, kind of UX, there's marketing, there's content creation. There's cool. a lot of hybrid types of roles that you could look at and, and skills that I think span multiple worlds uh, in a sense or multiple functions um, that you could really start to think through. But I think honestly, even just 
flipping it on its head a little bit and not just going, here's the typical HR prioritization of we're going to do, you know, here's my recruitment team and here's my benefits team and here's, you know, and, and structuring your HR organization in that way, but actually thinking a little bit more of starting with the data, you know, focusing on what, what data do we have and what are some of the priorities that we know we want to uh, make sure that we're focused on for this quarter, this year, and then starting to build out a roadmap of what does that actually look like for us to start to build out more of a programmatic type of approach when it comes to engaging with our employees and, um, you know, developing our employees and, and getting career pathing, you know, for our employees um, and really thinking it through it in that way. Super helpful. And, and, and then the mindset mindset side, I, I almost feel like you mentioned multiple times touch points and running campaigns. It's almost like getting it to a level of, you know, if you're in, a, in HR, right, and, and you're also a consumer outside of HR, just ask yourself the question, like, look at your world and how touch points mm-hmm. are magical, how they're anticipating you as customer. And then folks working at your organization are probably feeling, not my words, one of the guests is uh, like they work at a DMV. So like, hey, do you do you want to shift that? Do you want to evolve that to being a little, you're not going to nail it on day one, as to your point, it's baby steps. But do you think like even just getting folks to think about touch points, maybe that is the linchpin from a mind, I'm looking for the mindset linchpin, like what can we, what is that single thought that can begin for the folks in the EX to start to learn from CX? What do you think is the linchpin? For me, yeah, I mean, again, I want to, I would bring it down to what is the end result that we want? Because that's where marketing starts, for example, which is I need a certain number of people buying uh, and a certain amount of revenue that's coming from those customers that would be purchasing. Um, I would, I would look at HR in the same way, which are what are the most important priorities and outputs, right? Um, in terms of end goals that we would want out of the, out of our employee base. And that could be, you know, and you could divide it into, we want to attract, you know, we want to fill all of our roles, obviously with top talent. So what does that actually look like? We want to retain our top, top talent. And what does that actually look like in terms of not just retention of those employees, but also actual up-leveling and, 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 and building out the career path so that they have a place um, and they can see a future at the organization. Uh, there is obviously like skill set training and, and just getting people to a place from an L&D standpoint of, I want you to actually be able to understand, obviously, what you need to do in your role baseline, you know, and, and be successful kind of on day, you know, uh, 30 or, or whatnot so that you can actually be productive in your role. But then what does that look like to continue to drive uh, more and more productivity? So I'd look at specifically what are the end goals mm-hmm. and how do you actually get there? How do you start to build out, again, to your point, maybe touch points or programs where um, if our goal is to get to um, you know, retention, um, or even, you know, a number of promotions within top talent, you know, by the end of the year, uh, or getting people kind of, maybe you have a junior level, um, manager team, right. Mm -hmm. Kind of first time manage people managers. Um, and we're potentially not seeing the, the up leveling of, of skill sets, or we're, you know, having a lot of issues in terms of retention or, um, you know, whatnot, or or even productivity, even segmenting it to those very specific, either at risk employees or top talent employees, or, you know, what does that look like? 
and then starting to build out the programs that can that you can run potentially at scale um, and, and starting to build that out. And then again, what is the output? Are you actually achieving the result that you want um, with those programs? And then doing testing and iteration of an optimization of, you know, that's when you can start to look at various touch points or various types of content, uh, various formats, you know, and, 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 you know, are we getting, again, focusing on the end result, not just check the box, <laughs> we got a training out, and this many people, we had 90%, you know, completion, because that's oftentimes what I see with LND, it's just like, I'm looking at eyeballs, and I'm looking at completions, but you're not actually looking at knowledge retention or did it actually change behavior? Uh, did we actually see the, the performance or the productivity improvement with that training, right? So I think it's flipping it on its head a little bit and looking at like, what are we actually trying to achieve and accomplish with this program? You know, the, the, the thought that I had as you were speaking, just connecting the dots, um, it, you know, it's like, what's your objective? Like retention as an example, okay. Who's your, what's the segment that you're looking to focus on? You said, hey, you know, first time managers as a possibility because that impacts them, it impacts their teams, there maybe is a risk. Yep. Okay, cool. Then we could say of those high performing, low performing, maybe even we look at collaboration data, are they via Microsoft Teams or Slack or something like that where there's other signals that are coming in about, you know, their, their days. Are they connecting? Are they having one-on-ones? Okay, cool. Then what's your call to action with that group? Well, my call to action with that group is X whether it's one-on-ones, whether them taking on a, a learning and development program, whatever that is, that now became your North Star to run a specific campaign in order to improve this objective by having this, this funnel that you've created. But also in that funnel, there's value to visibility, awareness. Even if they don't do those things, they'll now know they're available. And maybe they'll do them next year because we understand from all the marketing, it's not always about just a call to action, although that's important at measures, but we also measure all the things to get to that level. So fascinating. Was that, was that an accurate way to connect the dots that you were just discussing? Yeah, love it. Love uh, how you simplified it. Wonderful. Well, listen, I, I feel like we could go on for hours. And of course, we took on a really big question today. So I really appreciate you, you jumping in. Like, what's the role of marketing, you know, in partnership with H? It's like a monster, monster topic. And, and I think these are some of the early conversations we're going to dive in deeper and deeper into every point. But for those who are listening, whether on the marketing side who want to lend a hand or for folks in HR who want to reach out to the marketing, like what, what advice would you give? We mentioned baby steps. I think we mentioned a few, but maybe there's another baby step in your mind where you're like, Hey, you know, go do this. No, I mean, I think it all starts with a joint ownership and accountability and, you know, concern for obviously overall business objectives and growth. Um, and as you're thinking through it, um, HR can learn a lot from marketing. Uh, and I think, you know, again, the what's in it for, for marketing to help out with HR, it's, well, marketers need to retain top talent. We need to get more out of the limited resources that we have. And so how can marketing be a, a partner and an advisor and a support function to HR? Um, and that oftentimes you don't see, right? You usually see HR coming in and saying, how can I support your objectives, et cetera. Um, but I think you could flip it on its head a little bit and, and look at it more of a joint ownership and accountability. And so, you know, I think baby steps, marketing, going to HR and saying, hey, 
can we provide just any sort of, you know, knowledge sharing, research, understanding, operational help, et cetera, around, or even like campaign ideas and, you know, internal program ideas uh, that we can help to continue to drive the right culture, the performance-driven uh, output, you know, focus, um, results-driven type of behavior that we know we want from our, our, our employees. Um, and then also from HR coming, you know, to marketing um, and being able to say, hey, you know, we have some of these priorities. We would love to learn from you or we'd love some ideas or some support on how can we get this into a program that can scale, um, you know, utilizing data. How do you do audience segmentation? Like actually even thinking through it in, in, in the form of just a, a brainstorming session around. And again, the marketers do this all the time of like, what's our biggest market opportunity? Where should we be headed? You know, of that audience segment, how do we go deeper where we believe that we can actually get the most bang for our buck and really target that very, you know, specialized audience? What and what are the ways that we go about it? And, you know, what's the type of content? You could do the same thing with HR, but look at it from an employee based standpoint of like, again, Look at the mass, you know, the entire employee base. And then where do we think is maybe the biggest opportunity for us if we just put a little bit of focus that we could really, uh, you know, see a lot more performance or output or benefit, you know, or investment in those employees that we think could actually really benefit the organization as a whole. I love it. Brainstorming. Brainstorming <laughs> session. Just one baby step. If you're if you're on the HR side, reach out to the the marketing folks and brainstorming session. Let, let let's do one. Or in a marketing side, offer one. Who knows what will come out of it? Um, Esther, brilliant, brilliant feedback. Thank you for your time. Really appreciate it. This was awesome. I'm sure on behalf of the audience, just appreciate you you joining the conversation. And I hope to speak with you soon. Yep. Thanks, Adam. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Over now.